buy to let, eh? Used to be an easy game. Not anymore. Hi, Jonathan Williams here, back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, well, that's a podcast about property. If you're buying, selling, renting, or even investing in property, then I'm sure we'll have something that floats your boat and lights your candle in the next 15 or 20 minutes. I'll tell you what I've been up to. I've got an exam coming up. When you're a financial advisor, exams are just one of the things that you have to get used to. I'm currently studying for an equity release exam. Equity releases, I think, probably in the next 10 years, is going to be something that is really going to come to the fore. And it's all about home reversion plans. You, in essence, transferring your property to the insurance company and then giving you a lump sum which you can then invest or you can go down the route of getting a lifetime mortgage in essence it's an interest only mortgage until you die so I've got an exam coming up on Tuesday and I've got my head stuck in the books hockey side of things well that's going really well for the two girls they're playing uh, they were playing at the weekend uh, number two ended up getting a 2-0 win down at air and uh, number one was on the back of a, a 7-0 thrashing um, that they inflicted upon one of the other schools so hockey's going pretty well. Work, let me tell you a wee bit about work has been busy as usual we're doing so many remortgages and, and house purchases. Brexit doesn't seem to have affected things just quite at the moment. Um, really don't know where that side of things are going but certainly it's not having any adverse effect with regards to what we're doing at work. So just really in the last four to six weeks, it really has begun to kick off at work. I'm expecting in the next six to eight weeks as we would dribble down to the Christmas break that things will will begin to get a little quieter, which won't be too bad. But I tell you what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk by to let. By to let is something that has had an enormous kicking over the last two, three months and I'm going to have a chat to you really on three topics and three topics that really if you are in the buy to let space you need to prick up your ears and listen to this because these three things are really going to affect the way that you move forward. I'm going to give you some hints and tips as to how you can move forward. We're going to talk buy to let today. used to be such a straightforward game buy to let I've got about six properties and back in the day buy to let used to be so straightforward you put down your 25% no stress tests as long as the thing washed its face then you were away the only concern that I had initially was really was I going to be able to get a tenant And once you take that initial step, it's amazing how much confidence that you get from buying that first property. It really is just a step into the unknown. But once you've taken that step, it's like riding a bike. Having said that, sometimes you fall off your bike. Sometimes when you're riding along, somebody will stick a piece of wood in the spokes 
and you go over the handlebars. And I tell you, that's what they've done with regards to the issues that now face the poor buy-to-let investors. Somebody has got a ruddy-baked stick and they've stuck it in the spokes just as you're hurtling down off that hill. So I'm going to tell you about the three issues that your buy-to-let investor is facing at the moment. Three big, big issues, big issues that could potentially lead to a lot of investors saying, you know what, I'm cashing in my chips, I'm out of here. So we're going to talk about stress tests and mortgages. We're going to talk about tax and that surcharge. And we're going to talk about income tax and how rather than being taxed on the profits, you are unbelievably now being taxed on turnover. You couldn't make it up. So listen, let's kick off with mortgages first of all. If you're listening to this, you've probably got an interest in buy to let. I'm taking that as red. So the great thing about buy to let is, first of all, you've got an interest-only mortgage. And secondly, as long as it's washed its face, then you're a home and host. Now, to get the best rates out there, you have to have an income. Round about 25% is the general rule that most of the lenders have these days. So to get access to the best rates, you have to have an income. But not only that, they've brought in the stress tests. Now, when I say they've brought in the tests, the stress tests, to a certain extent, they've, they've, all, they've always been there. You need to make sure that there's sufficient income coming in to pay the cost of the mortgage. But the stress tests are getting more difficult. And I think what's going to happen is that as the stress tests get harder and harder, then the days of the 80% loan to value, the 75% loan to value are going to be short numbered. So let me explain a little bit about the stress test. So you've got to wash its face. The whole deal has got to wash its face. And what the lenders will want you to ensure is that there is sufficient income, i.e. rent coming in to pay the mortgage. Now, in the face of it, that shouldn't be a problem. But when they add in this little conundrum, which says that the rent has to be 125% at 5%, so that it then has to be greater than the mortgage payment. So the lenders put a notional figure so that they want to make sure that the rent that you get in the end is 125% greater at 5.5% or so of your mortgage. Now, that in itself sometimes is quite difficult to do. But when you start to understand that the government are now talking about a stress test that is starting at 145%, at 6%, then the sums may be 
don't start to stack up. So that's the stress tests. Watch out for them nationwide. Well, the mortgage works, which is nationwide's buy to let arm, they're now up at 145%. It's a tough, tough ask. And what you're tending to find is that unless you've got a very, very strong rent, which means you're going to have to buy in one of the, the better locations with a solid demand, then the stress test you're going to potentially fall at the first hurdle unless you can start putting more money in, which will mean that you won't need as much. So the gearing will come down. So that's the, the first punch below the belt. The second punch below the belt is the income tax. Let me take you through income tax. Now, you get taxed or used to get taxed on the profits that you made and how the profits were made up on the buy to let side of things was that you had your income in, i.e. your rent. You then deducted from the rent the interest, that's to say the interest that you were being charged by your lender. And then from that, you deducted your maintenance costs. You were then left with a figure and that was the figure that was taxed. Seems fair, doesn't it? Seems fair for every single business run in this country that you should get taxed on profit, but not the poor buy-to-let investor who is now going to get taxed on not profit, taxed on turnover. By 2017, all you are going to be able to claim is 20% of the interest amount. Now, if you're geared up and your whole portfolio is geared up at 75% loan to value, I'm struggling to see that that's going to work for you. You have to start really thinking about the numbers here. Because come 2017... If you don't start thinking and moving forward, come 2017, I think that there will be so many properties that will be flooding onto the market as buy-to-let investors decide, you know what, I'm out of here. But if you've got a stomach for the game, then what you're going to have to do is start thinking about buying properties and wrapping them in a limited company so that you don't as an individual own the properties, but the limited company does. And what that will mean is that you will be taxed as a limited company. It may well be that the government are wanting to do this to bring in further regulation so that they get rid of all the fly-by-night investors. Well, if that was the case, why didn't they turn around and say, you know what, we want to regulate this, you can transfer your properties at no cost or minimal cost from an individual into a limited company. But not the government. They've seen this as a tax-raising opportunity. And it may well just backfire. Because it could well be that the whole of the buy-to-let side of things is completely decimated. 
and as I'm going to talk about the surcharge, it may well be that the calculations for the revenue coming in from the surcharge are going to be a lot less than they think. So the tax side of things and how to avoid that, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for you as an individual for it to make financial sense for you to transfer your property as an individual into a more tax efficient wrapper of a limited company because you're going to have to transfer the property at arm's length. So you're going to have to have potentially two sets of legal fees. You're going to have registration costs. You're going to possibly have capital gains issues. And the limited company are going to have to buy it at arm's length. So they're going to have to pay this blasted surcharge that we're going to talk about. So it is going to be very expensive for you to transfer. And the best thing for you may be for you just to sell your portfolio and buy a new portfolio, taking into account all the tax, and buy a new portfolio and wrap that up into a limited company so you're more protected. Have a think about it. If you want some advice, then please do get in touch. I'll give you the details at the end of the show. So we've covered mortgages. We've covered the first whammy as far as the tax is concerned. Let's talk about the surcharge. That blasted 3% surcharge, that tax on tax. And what I'm talking about here is that if you buy a second property, you will be liable to pay a 3% surcharge. And that's a 3% surcharge on the value of the property that you have purchased. So that if you are buying a property and at the end of the day, you end up owning two properties, then in all likelihood, you are going to have to pay the 3% stamp duty. It doesn't affect, if you've got your main residence and you've got a portfolio, if you sell your main residence and buy a new main residence, then you won't have this, the 3% stamp duty. That's not going to affect you. But if you buy another buy-to-let property and add it to your portfolio, then start thinking that you're going to have to cough up 3%. There are some weird and wacky ways that I've come across that people are trying to use in order to avoid the tax. Please be aware that tax avoidance is okay, but tax evasion is an absolute no-no. And some of the schemes that I've heard about you're treading a very, very fine line as to what's evasion and what's avoidance. One wacky story I heard was apparently you can potentially avoid the surcharge in the event that you're going through a divorce. Now, it seems a pretty tall order, doesn't it, to make up a divorce, a separation. You've got to get separation agreement, etc. But it may well be that some people may decide to do that. The other thing I've heard is, what about serviced accommodation? Can you get around paying the surcharge because you're saying you're buying a commercial premises 
which in essence is just a residential buy-to-let tarted up as a serviced accommodation. And the thought is that you can avoid that because if you can get a planning change from residential to commercial, then you can waive that planning permission in front of HMRC and say, well, it's not a residential property. Why is it not a residential property? Because I've got a piece of paper from the council that says it's not. But I think the HMRC are going to say, if it waddles like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it looks like a duck, you know what? It's a bloody duck. I can't see that, that what that's going to work. But you don't know. It may well just do. But rest assured, if that's such an easy win for your buy-to-let investors, HMRC are going to crack down on that as soon as they see the 3% walking out. So that's really as much as I want to say as far as the surcharge is concerned. I think it is affecting the market. I think that those who are in the flipping game, that's to say those who are buying property, tarting them up and then flipping them back onto the market, that's 3% that you're going to have to pay. So they'll either be looking at paying 3% less to the seller or charging 3% more to the eventual purchaser. But that's a difficult game to play and they have to sort that out, that 3%. So you'll see that we're having a hell of a time as far as the buy-to-let side of things. If it's not the stress tests increasing for the mortgages, if it's not the 3% stamp duty, then it's being taxed on turnover. I think the, the game's just got harder. You're going to have to adapt. And I'm sure that buy to let investors will end up adapting. There will be consequences, however. And I think those consequences are going to be, there's going to be a flood of property onto the market. Because I do think that there's too many people out there who are too highly geared. And ultimately, you're not going to run a business if it's making a loss. And ultimately, if you're getting taxed to the hilt, and all you're hoping to get from this investment is a capital increase at a big risk. And you may find that people are just going to cash in their chips and they're going to go and do something else. I think you'll probably find more companies coming to the fore. I think you'll find that more companies will be wrapping their properties and buying moving forward in company wrappers. It'll be interesting to see that if that revenue stream is dramatically decreased over the coming years, that the government will start looking at some other way to try and get more revenue streams in. Because ultimately, you were going to have to pay for quantitative easing. And we've sold all of the industries. We've privatised everything. We haven't got anything left of the family silver. Now, it may well be that these pension reforms are an idea from the government that they're trying to get more money into the economy. 
so that it just keeps churning and churning and churning. But if they can't get the revenues coming in, then I think they're just going to start taxing other areas. So more properties on the market, more expensive to do the buy-to-let game. And as a consequence, I think you're going to have more companies. It's going to be a difficult game to compete in. But I still think five years, 10 years, 15 years down, the investors will have adapted. And there'll be other challenges. There's always challenges in the buy-to-let sphere. But those are three. You need to open your eyes and make sure you've got a game plan to deal with them. Stress tests and the mortgages, the surcharge side of things, and the changes to the income tax. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that uh, little run through as far as the buy-to-lets are concerned. It's something that I'm quite passionate about and uh, I've got a fair amount of interest in that, what with a small, small portfolio myself. I'm going to start, I'm going to do a, a video on that, probably a little shorter, I think, that talk there on buy-to-lets was about 18 minutes. So I'm going to condense all of that and just put some bullet points out onto the video. So hopefully you are enjoying the videos we've been doing. We've got about four videos out there at the moment on the YouTube channel. You can download them from the podcast. We've got a three-step video on the process of getting a mortgage. So we're looking at the affordability side of things, the decision of principle and the application. I've also done one on the the credit check. So if you haven't had a look at those, please do have a look at them. And I think you'll find that they are excellent and gives you a good in-depth overview of what the process is involved. We've got the exam coming up, so I'm just going to sign off quite soon just to get back and get my head in the books. But just to tell you that we're back from Macrahanish. We'd had the, the kids' fortnight in October and we went down to Macrahanish and managed to get some, some golf in. The weather down there was just absolutely fantastic. It really is God's country down there when the uh, the sun shines. It was really gorgeous. So I managed to crack around, got four rounds of golf in and that got me warmed up for a golf game that I had with... Um, Chris Brown and the guys at Begley Brown uh, along with two clients and wouldn't you know I got a hole one been playing the stupid game for 38 years and we ended up losing this particular game and the course that we were playing was a course called Row Allen and for those of you who know it's on the it's sort of between Glasgow and Kilmarnock and the course at Rye Islands has got what's called a 19th hole. Now, normally the 19th hole is the pub, isn't it? But this 19th hole is just a, a bit of a sort of Mickey Mouse par three, dead easy. Uh, it's about 130, 140 yards. And we had lost the game, so we're going to have to shell out 15 quid to the two guys that we were playing with. And they came over and they said, listen, double our quits. And we took them up on it. 
guy I was playing with, David Round, he sclaffs one out to the right. Um, I then load mine up, pitching wedge, bang, hit it. And uh, two bounces into the hole. Could not believe it. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Um, so I've got uh, photographs of that. In fact, I'll put that on the uh, on the website just so that you can see. But uh, brilliant. Yeah, just uh, really, really pleased about that. Um, but enough of my golf. Enough of my toilet. I'm going to go and get stuck into the books again. Wish me luck. I've got the exam coming up on Tuesday and let's hope we get a, a pass on that. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It's a sideways look at property. Mm-hmm.